Our DFS Dominator is the best way to build for DraftKings, for FanDuel tournaments. Check it out on playerprofiler.com. Top 10 takeaways. 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 Takeaways. Woo! Not the greatest football weekend, but pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. And I'm celebrating because Bill Belichick may not finish the season. I know you didn't think this was possible, right? No one thought it was possible. How could it be possible? Bill Belichick's Bill Belichick. He's one of the greatest coaches. He's going to coach him up. He's going to get the defense coached up. He's going to get the offensive line coached up. It doesn't matter if he has no assistance. It doesn't even matter if he names an offensive coordinator. Not, nothing matters. He's got it handled. He's going to figure it out. He's Bill Belichick, right? It's going to happen. I mean, just give this guy a couple weeks. He's going to get it all figured out. Don't worry. Why would you worry? There's nothing to worry about with Bill Belichick at the helm, right? Mm. He's going down. Bill Belichick going down. Will he finish the season? We were at the Verizon store. I was at the Verizon store with my daughter. Had a great day with my daughter yesterday. One of the best father-daughter. Let me lay this father-daughter day out for you. Okay. And but I love Sundays because I, you know, I work, 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 you know, 80 hours a week, weekends. Sometimes, though, Sundays. You know, if I don't, I don't have, maybe I'm not doing the starter stream show. I know they did the starter stream show and I had a bunch of, a bunch of tasks the weekend prior, but this past week, I, I was like, wait, I got a window of like six hours on Sunday during the games where we can kind of do what we want to do here. You know, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with, with the, the daddy daughter day? We worked on soccer skills. Yeah, she has some some things she wanted to work on. We we went out to the soccer field, went up to the pitch, went to the actual pitch, drove to the pitch, not just in our backyard, drove to an actual pitch, practiced what she wanted to work on. She brought cones. She brought extra cones. Okay? You have to understand, as a dad, if you're getting packed up and you have balls and you have the gear, everything, and then you, you the, the 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 son or daughter looks at the gear and goes, well, we need a little bit. We need a few more cones. You're like, yeah, we absolutely. We need more. Yes. <laughs> more cones. Yes. She's like, I have an idea for a drill, but like, yes, ideas for drills. This is amazing. <laughs> so, you know, and I've talked to other fathers, uh, especially on her soccer team. And the reason why this is also cause for celebration is because many of them are like, that would never happen. That would never have, you know, uh, Chelsea saying, hey, let's go work on some things like that would never happen. <laughs> so the dads have told me that doesn't happen. And so if it's happening for you, enjoy it, soak it up. So I'm trying to enjoy it. But I told her, I was like, listen, we're going to we're going to eat the frog. Right. The Mark Twainism that you do the hardest thing first. If you have a whole list of tasks, the hardest thing is, is going to be accomplished first. The most difficult thing, swallowing the frog in the morning, and then you can eat a big uh, chicken thigh for dinner. That's that's the, that's the that's the genesis of that uh, figure of speech. 
So we're going to eat the frog. We're going to pile wood. So we, we, we piled, we started the day stacking wood and she didn't complain. We were just, you know, trucking. Then she wanted to try stacking and then the whole wood pile fell over and she almost cried, but didn't cry. And I thought I would have, but she didn't cry. We got it stacked back up. Right. Finally, I uh, got it all figured out. And then, uh, it was on to, it was on to soccer and then as the day went on, we started doing more and more fun things. Uh, but on our way to the next activity, after the, the soccer practice, she wanted to go to the Verizon store to help me pick out a new phone. So she's a big Apple nut. She's just an Apple file. So she knows about all the, all the different versions of the devices and what they do and with the upgrade that came out. And okay, it was stainless steel. Now it's titanium and here's the differences and it's this much many ounces lighter and all these things. So I think she can work at Apple. Hopefully she'll work at Apple uh, and, and become the next uh, Steve Jobs. That's That would be great. That would be really cool. So we're in the Apple store. We're talking to this guy. He said, hey, if you add a, a new number, you could give a special promotion. You get $1,000 off. I'm like, $1,000 off just to add another phone number. Another phone number is $35. I'm like, can, can you explain this to me? So he's explaining this all to me, and then I'm all, then we, we ha, we're getting my phone out to, to compare the, the two phones, and then while I'm on it, my daughter says, "Well, check the Patriots score." And I said, "Okay, we'll we'll check the Patriots. They're playing the Saints. Let's check the score." And again, we hadn't been doing anything with football, right? I've been uh, been blacked out for the first time all year. Was not plugged into what was going on on Sunday. Had this window of time. And we pull up the score. Now, again, she's a bigger Patriots fan than I am, right? I was a Patriots fan as a kid, and then I graduated into becoming an Eagles fan when I was in high school. And then after the Patriots uh, started winning championships, I went back to being a Patriots fan again uh, to, to bond with my father. So I'm not the most loyal Patriots fan. I've already cheated on them in a, for like a four-year period. I mean, look at this. Y'all know I have the, the the whole collection of Eagles hats. I mean, so this, I mean, this is a total. I'm a I'm a bad lover of teams, very bad lover. So, uh, but she is still has her sports innocence. She's only known the Patriots either being 500 or better, winning championships. She has no idea what it's like for normal sports fans that have suffered through like seasons where they win two games and they're 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 trying to get the first pick in the draft. That's that's not a reality. Okay, there, there are Patriots fans that are 20 years old, that are 25 years old, that do not know that reality of what it feels like to be a bottom 10 team and, and, the, and the excruciating choices and, and the, how you have to root against your team winning so you can get a better draft pick. This is not something that she's ever had to figure out or navigate. And I pulled the score up and it was like 31-0. And I was like, I don't know, it's 31-0. I, I, uh, I think it's looking really bad for Belichick. And then, and of course, the person helping us was like, oh, what, what score are you talking about? You're talking about football? Are you into fantasy? I'm like, yeah, we're into fantasy. Some players are doing well. And I was like, DJ Moore, DJ Moore Thursday night, DJ Moore, right? He's like, oh, yeah, DJ Moore. I was like, oh, DJ Moore. So then that was cool. A little bonding thing over fantasy football. And then, you know, I, I said, hey, listen, you know, there's a bunch of kids in her class that are fans of other teams, like the Eagles. There's a Giants fan, so they're also in, you know, miserable. 
So I said, you're going to have to, you're going to really have to, you're going to have to really bear down on Monday when you talk to your friends that are football fans. I know it's going to be awkward. Uh, you're just going to have to, you're going to have to just get through this. This is a dark time and you're just going to have to hold your head high and get through this. And the guy, the guy, the, 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 the Verizon expert, the Verizon phone expert lost his mind. I mean, he didn't lose his mind, but it, the equivalent of losing your mind in front of a customer, right? He started laughing. He started breaking character, totally breaking character and laughing like in our face. Not so loud that it was obnoxious, but enough that he was clearly breaking character. And it was like a clearly an extreme behavior because we're the customer. We're supposed to be right. And he's supposed to be polite. And he was clearly laughing at my poor daughter. And he's like, and I was like, uh, I was like a Patriots fan, right? I mean, can you believe this? And he's like, yeah, man, I just got to laugh. I mean, and then he's like, do you, and he, and, he, and, he, and he addresses her. He's like, do you realize every other fan has had to deal with this over the last 20 years at one point or another and Patriots fans never have. So it's, I, I have to admit, I understand you're going through something here, but I really have a hard time feeling bad. <laughs> I just can't do it, man. I can't do it. All I can do is laugh at a Patriots fan who for the first time is trying to figure out how to navigate this thing called losing. Your team's not good. Oh, man, really? Oh, that's, jeez. That really stinks. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, this is a weird feeling. This, this is a tough thing to deal with. And I'm like, well, it's about time. It's about time you figured this out. It's about time you figured this out. So she really enjoyed going to the Verizon store, but then it got even better, right? So we went out for sushi, went to a sushi bar just for a roll, just for a sushi snack. Then we went to a diner and just got milkshakes. And so that was what, and because I know that my, my wife had spent time with her the day before and I heard about all the fun things they did. And I was like writing it down. I was like, Hmm, maybe I was like, maybe if I, what if we, what if we just go to a diner for milkshakes only no menus, don't need the menus. We're not eating food. We're just going for milkshakes. That's that's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty tough to beat. That's pretty tough to beat. So that was my, that was my Sunday. It was a great Sunday. It was great. I love the NFL and the NFL, what game, the game was on. There was a game on, uh, in the diner. So we did catch some NFL, but it wasn't a hundred percent NFL and that's okay. That's okay. We're not going to be a hundred percent NFL all the time. This was the one weekend where I have to admit that we're going to go rapid fire mode with, with top 10 takeaways. We're going rapid fire all the way because I did not watch the games. So I only watched pieces and parts of these games and we're going to get into it after this. Oh, I see it every day online, every single day. Hey, that looks like a great fantasy team in an eight team league. Oh, wish I could be in a league with you. Right? Well, guess what? Now you can respond with sure. Let's play on battle. That's the beauty of this platform. This new battle platform standardizes all position scoring. So you just load your team and you challenge your friend, your colleague, Twitter troll, and you can browse other teams and issue challenges. Battle is revolutionizing fantasy football. And with code UNDERWORLD, you get a $100 instant deposit match plus a free $10. So even if you deposit 20, 
you get 50. Think about that. So go to Betel.com. The code is Underworld. Betel.com. The code is Underworld. Or click a link in the description. It's fun to be right. Oh, yes. Yes, it is fun to be right. The Jags, the Jags were, were, were good, right? It's fun to have a team's number also. The Jags have the Bills' number. And I just, I saw this game, saw the score come up. Jaguars win. And I thought about 2021. 2021, the Bills were rolling. Jacksonville was, had a rookie quarterback. They were 3-14. and 14. And somehow, someway, in the middle of that season... The Jags beat the Bills 9-6. to So that, that's a thing that happened. There's just some teams that have other teams' numbers. I don't understand why it is. It's the way the matchups work out. It's the way that the front seven lines up with the offensive line, where the strengths and the weaknesses collide. It minimizes the weaknesses of one team and maximizes their strengths. That's what we're seeing with the Jaguars. Whenever they play the Bills, their strengths get minimized, their their strengths get maximized. Their weaknesses get minimized. That's just what happens. We as an analytics company need to better understand these things. It'll help us be more predictive with everything we do. If we can understand, one of the missions is to understand, why do the Jags always beat the Bills? Why is that? There's something about the talent profiles of the players and the units and how they mesh when they play one another that gives the Jaguars an advantage. What is that? Got to look it up. Got to figure it out. It it. it it requires real work from really smart people to figure that out. Kenneth Pickett Sr., not dead yet. Kenneth Pickett Sr. has a winning record. Kenneth Pickett Sr. just beat the, the Ravens, beat the division rival. I can't believe this is happening, but he's not dead yet. He comes back from a mild knee sprain, wins the game. This is what I was thought out. This is it. This, this is what we thought we were getting from... Kenny Pickett, so God bless Kenny Pickett. He's back, baby. It's not over yet. And the whole thing with Kenny Pickett was stash him and stack him. So you get uh, Pickett Pickens, and then there's Pickens. Oh, the reason why you drafted George Pickens was the ceiling performances. The fact that he has the ability, when targeted, to secure the ball down the field, score touchdowns, and this is what he did. Big splash performances is what you knew you were getting from George Pickens. The question was how often, and he's giving them to you more often than even I expected. It's partly due to the fact that Deontay Johnson injured, Pat Fryermuth has not been healthy all season. So he's been who's left. That's been part of the reason. But as we saw against the Ravens, this is a stout defense. It doesn't matter. This guy, he's a true alpha. You love George Pickens, a true alpha. And you love seeing Jalen Warren outproduce Najee Harris again. He doubled Najee Harris's yardage on fewer touches. So 15 touches for Harris, 12 touches for Warren, and Warren doubles the yardage output. Warren has more juice than Harris. This has been true all year. This is, this is why... He was a top handcuff. We talked about him all offseason. He's just a better better running back. He's a better running back. Who, who's a better running back who actually doesn't start? right? Who is superior to the starter but is number two on the depth chart? It is uh, Jalen Warren was the best example because don't forget, Najee Harris, first-round pick, Alabama. Rrr, that's why. It wasn't 
on merit, right? Jalen Warren, small school, doesn't have the draft capital, but better. Chuba Hubbard, right? Also doesn't have the big contract, but better than Miles Sanders. And what did he do? Again, Chuba Hubbard outplayed Miles Sanders. This is why Jerome Ford, Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, these were the best handcuffs because they have the ability to be the workhorse when called upon. And in the case of a Hubbard or a case of a Jalen Warren, they have the ability to cannibalize touches from the primary back because they're just better. Devon A-Chain, just better than Raheem Mostert. And he's proving it week in, week out. It's undeniable. And you're going to start to see the touch distribution tilt more and more toward A-Chain. He should be the RB6 in Dynasty. If you want to know where A-Chain belongs in Dynasty, it's a big question. Is he top five? No. Is he number six? Yes. Is Sam Laporta the tight end one in Dynasty? No. But he's on his way. Two touchdowns, 19 fantasy points for Laporta. But Mark Andrews still with the 10 targets. Mark Andrews is a consistent producer that also delivers spike weeks. He is the tight end one in Dynasty. There's no debate yet. But Laporta is doing everything he can to make it a debate. George Kittle also gives you spike weeks. He has the the ceiling outcomes, but he also is invisible just as often as he produces. So you, you can't have George Kittle in the conversation. He's always been a ceiling play. George Kittle is a best ball tight end. Three touchdowns. And then he goes two for 19 because that's the offense, right? You have three great receivers. When you have three great receivers, four great receivers, if you count Christian McCaffrey, who is a running back, but actually is a wide receiver playing running back, but also is a running back playing running back. So McCaffrey's a running back playing running back, but also a wide receiver playing running back. So four receivers. You have four target hog receivers for an offense that is winning by 10 or more points in the second half every week. So where are the targets going to come from to... to generate consistent output for George Kittle, it's impossible, right? It's 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 an impossible dilemma. It's why people were drafting Darren Waller. It's why throughout the offseason, especially as August played out, Kittle's ADP dropped a couple rounds. A couple rounds. We marveled at this. I'm like, wow, Kittle's falling. Any can anyone stop the bleeding? And there Waller was incrementally moving up. Why? We saw it this week consistent targets, right? He is the target share leader. He is the air yard share leader. He gets down the field. He can make explosive plays. So at some point, the Giants offense will score a bunch of touchdowns. It's going to happen. And the way the targets are being distributed, most likely a lot of those touchdowns, they're going to go to Waller because the targets are going to Waller. The catches are going to Waller. He has a one of the highest dominator ratings at the tight end position. He's a great player to target and trade because the Giants offense can only get better and he is one of the most consistent target commanders among NFL tight ends but no one respects him right now because he's on the Giants and he hasn't been producing actual fantasy points Goddard Goddard produced big fantasy points big ceiling play just like George Kittle he's George Kittle light there's going to be weeks where Goddard is invisible and there's going to be weeks where Goddard goes nuclear this was a nuclear week Devontae Smith is similar. Goddard and Devontae Smith are similar players. They're not the alpha. And there's going to be weeks where Devontae Smith gives you nothing. There were weeks last year where Devontae Smith put up zeros. 
This is this is what happens. When you are on the 49ers, are you on the Eagles? It's the Eagles and 49ers in the NFC, right? Who else is there? Nobody. It doesn't matter. Well, the Cowboys? <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. It's these two teams. We have these two teams, right? And they're mirror images of each other with the exception of one has Brock Purdy, a pocket passer. The other has this all-purpose quarterback stud, Jalen Hurts. So, you have Kittle and Goddard. They're similar. I mean, on down the board, you have Samuel and Brown. They're similar. Devontae Smith, Ayuk, similar. It's a similar team down the board. It, it's it's strikingly similar. These are doppelganger teams, the Eagles and the 49ers. And you're running into the same volatility, week-to-week volatility, with Brandon Ayuk and Devontae Smith, with George Kittle and... Dallas Goddard. Devontae Smith is going to keep being volatile. This is you're you're in it with Devontae Smith for the spike weeks, for the ceiling performances. This is this is the big selling point with Devontae Smith. It's not the consistency. And Kenneth Gainwell has not been consistent. He has not produced at all this year, but he is so clearly the number two. There's no Boston Scott. There's no Rashad Penny. This is actually good news. You're like, oh, damn you, Podfather. Told me to draft Kenny Gainwell. Arr! Yeah, in round 14. Big deal. But, but, it's, it's good news that he is the clear number two. If if Swift misses games, and Swift has never had a season where he didn't miss games, Kenneth Gainwell is going to eat. I know that, that Swift got the breakaway runs, right? And God bless him. But so did Zach Moss. And that's not necessarily an indicator that like the player that got the explosive runs is the one who's super explosive, right? It could be that the more explosive runner, Jonathan Taylor, for example, just happened to run into a wall on the plays where his number was called and things opened up when Zach Moss's number was called. That's football, right? And that's what's been happening in recent weeks with Gainwell versus Swift. It could flip any given week. You're not going to start Gainwell, but it's just good news, Good news that he's getting the touches, all the touches behind Swift, and he's just waiting, biding his time. If there was an offense where you could say, okay, this is the consolidated target tree of all the teams across the NFL, it would be the Rams, right? It would be the Rams. 33 receiving yards only went to non Puka and Cooper Cup, right? You have Nakua and Cup getting all the yards with the exception of 33. And this is why Pukunakua was not bad news. The arrival of Pukunakua, not bad news for Cooper Cup, bad news for Tyler Higby. And just, again, we're relearning lessons about not drafting unathletic tight ends with Tyler Higby. Relearning this lesson, right? And I've compared Puka and Cup to Larry Fitzgerald and Anquan Bolden on previous shows, and this is what they're looking like. It was sad to see. I did get clips sent to me on social media of Rashad Bateman dropping a touchdown. And I also saw Justice Hill score a touchdown. So red zone Justice Hill is a thing, which we love, right? I'm not going to start him. I don't know what his usage is going to be week in, week out to, to a level of confidence that I'm going to start him, especially when Gus Edwards is getting the vast majority of the carries. But... In these deeper best ball leagues where you might have uh, Justice Hill, it's it's good to note. And also just it's interesting to note that 
some fantastic receivers, truly exceptional college profiles. I'm thinking of Rashad Bateman, and now, sadly, it looks like Sky Moore is going in this direction. They just don't fire. Where the breakout finder says, hey, based on the algorithm, based on all the data we have, based on machine learning, Bateman should be a hit. Sky Moore should be a hit. This is weird they're not breaking out. It's weird to me that Rashad Bateman's dropping passes in the, in the end zone. It's weird to me that Sky Moore has not elevated, given that he was running with the ones throughout the summer. And he's only been relegated, not elevated. After being a totally dominant college receiver and, and one of the, the few young, small school receivers to come out early, he's been a total dud, and I did not see that coming. And they're just, with wide receiver, they are the most difficult position to project to the next level other than quarterback, though I now believe it, it's actually arguable. I think especially what we've seen from the 2021 wide receiver class, I mean, it's tricky. It is tricky. Picking which receivers from which rookie classes are going to break out with a high level of confidence is very difficult. 2022, right? A lot of people love Traylon Burks. A lot of people loved Jahan Dotson. I loved Sky Moore. And on and on down the list, I don't even want, not even going to mention Jamison Williams. Okay. Very, it's a very difficult position. I think it's a debate and it's also a, a, another area where, that we should study more deeply is, is it actually easier to predict breakouts for first round quarterbacks? I mean, Jordan Love ended up breaking out. Well, there's Justin Fields. He's doing fine. A lot of these first round quarterbacks hit. A lot of these first round wide receivers don't. So we've always said, oh yeah, well, a quarterback's by far and away the most difficult position to project to the next level. Wide receiver, not as difficult, probably, maybe, but these projections are fragile. And if anyone comes to you and says, hey, I, I have a foolproof way to project wide receiver breakouts to the next level. As someone who's dedicated countless hours and brought in you know, people with math degrees to try to solve this problem, I can promise you it's not fully solvable. But I do know one thing I can tell you with definitive certainty is who's a good buy low. So Darren Waller, buy low in fantasy football, got to trade for. Running back, I've been saying it for two weeks, Damian Pierce. He had a 100% carry share, right? 100%, right? And then he had eight fantasy points, again, for a good offense, right? To go with the 39 fantasy points he had coming in, he still has less than 50 fantasy points, Damian Pierce. It's crazy, right? And the one, the one receiver that I think is producing in the face of suboptimal circumstances from that 2022 class is Drake London. So we talked about how George Pickens is in a great situation for scoring fantasy points because receivers are going down around him and the Steelers are having to come from behind. It makes sense. London hasn't been in the situation. London's been in a challenging situation where they bring in Bijan Robinson. They already had, you know, a, a, a thousand yard tight end on the roster when they drafted him top 10 and he has produced he's producing he's giving you output fantasy output in the teens most weeks he's super steady but he's not giving you those ceiling performances and in lieu of those ceiling performances if he's not going to give you the 140 yards and a touchdown like you can get from a george pickens primarily just because the target volume isn't there then that continues to make drake london a tradable asset 
especially in seasonal leagues. But he's the fact that he's been as productive as he's been in what has been a, a truly abysmal team circumstances. I would hold. He's a hold in dynasty. He. I. I know. I. I've mentioned. You know, in the summer, putting him on the block, but only dealing him if you can. If you can get full freight in return. I'm really not interested in putting Drake London on the block anymore. He's so steady, and all we need to see is a tilt, a shift in offensive philosophy, team situation, defense degrades. There's a lot of things that can happen where all of a sudden they have to throw more and London breaks out all over the place. So I, I, that's that's a breakout that's percolating. And he, he's for me, he's a hard hold in Dynasty. But in seasonal leagues, again, you can, feel free to trade him if you, want, if, if you get good value in return. The ceiling performances are not there for the foreseeable future, at least for this year. I'm th- for Dynasty, I'm looking ahead 2024, 2025. Drake London's looking pretty good. Jamar Chase looks pretty good, right? That's what a ceiling performance looks like. You might say, oh, well, yeah, they're, they're two and three. Bengals, they're back on track. Then you look at their schedule. Seattle, possible loss, bye week. San Francisco, Buffalo, Houston, which... On paper, at the beginning of the season looked like you know a, a, an easy win. Now it's up in the air. It's 50-50. If you're going to beat Houston, Houston's good. I know they lost this week, right? But it's still Houston's not a team you want to play. And then they then they face Baltimore. So Bengals are trending toward missing the playoffs still, based on their schedule. This is the this is the 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 curse of if you have if you're a great team. And you find yourself in a circumstance where you you have a talent degradation across the board, and they they've lost key pieces in their secondary and their offensive line. Now their wide receiver core, and if you're facing one of the hardest schedules on the books, you take early season losses. You start to face new injuries. Next thing you know, you look up and you're not in the playoffs. It happens, right? There were times in the history of the Patriots with Tom Brady. You looked up, but they were nine and seven. Like, how the hell did that happen? It's just football. DJ Moore. DJ Moore is super explosive, and, and and the reason I love Jamar Chase. One of the reasons is that he's a phenomenal receiver. He's technically sound, but also runs the four three eight, which gives you those massive ceiling performances, like a Tyreek Hill, right? The three touchdowns, the two hundred yards. See, DJ Moore is also that. Having spent all this time in Carolina with the worst quarterback play you could imagine, you forget that DJ Moore is that good. That's why just at him being included as a throw-in in a deal for a draft pick by Carolina made no sense. 49 fantasy points, three touchdowns. So this was a week of ceiling performances by wide receivers, wide receivers we love. What I love about DJ Moore, he had the red zone touchdown. He had the yards after the catch driven touchdown. And he had the deep ball touchdown. So we showed you all the ways you can win, all the ways you can generate fantasy points, and then Darnell Mooney, zero fantasy points. <laughs> all right, I mean. So that's a target consolidation play where there's one guy getting all the targets and that's it. Rashi Rice incrementally improving. Again, in the fantasy points column, 13 fantasy points. He's percolating below the surface, not yet with the big 20-point performance. He hasn't given you the eight. For 120 and a touchdown, yet it's coming with Rashi Rice. It is coming. Trade for him in all formats. We talked about Sky Moore earlier. His targets were doubled by Justin Ross, a seventh rounder. There's nothing else to say. It's also looking every week like Cam Akers 
is earning more and more touches. It's going to be a 50-50 split in that backfield sooner rather than later. It was a 50-50 split in the Denver backfield. P. Ryan McLaughlin, right? 50-50 split. I love to see that. You love that. You lo- I was worried. I was terrified. This was going to be like 20 to 25 touches for P. Ryan, 8 to 10 touches for McLaughlin. Oh, no. Much closer to a 50-50 split. Denver running back fantasy points doubled Denver wide receiver fantasy points. So Denver's running backs totaled 30 fantasy points. Their wide receivers only 15. So when you add up Judy, Sutton, even the tight ends, I mean, no, 15 fantasy points. Embarrassing. Dalvin Cook's embarrassing. He's cooked. Dalvin Cook is cooked. Brees Hall continues to show why he's a top five dynasty running back. Always has been, always will be until he's too old. But you can't trust him in seasonal leagues, right? You still can't trust him. Those that are stacked at running back, there's going to be weeks you don't play Brees Hall because it's still the Jets and they played the Broncos. So just please remember this, please. Michael Carter ran more routes than any other running back, right? He outsnapped Dalvin Cook 20 to 12. That's 32 snaps, not Brees Hall, right? So celebrate Brees Hall. He looks back. We talked about week five for Brees Hall, right? We said, I remember saying week five is the week that Roshan Johnson takes over and Brees Hall finally looks like himself. Well, one out of two. And we talked about floor plays, true alpha wide receivers, not in, in high volume situations. That's Michael Pittman. Okay, Michael Pittman gave you 10 points. Not exciting. That's his floor. And now he's got, what, a month of Gardner Minshew, knowing that Anthony Richardson has the sprained AC joint. Pittman splits are great with Minshew. Minshew necessarily throws the ball more, runs the ball less. And Pittman gave you the floor play. So that's, that's the trade target at wide receiver. So again, to break it down, trade targets. Running back, Damian Pierce. Wide receiver, Michael Pittman. Tight end, Darren Waller. Too easy. I'd even trade for Josh Downs. Josh Downs is mini Devontae Smith. And again, the target volume going up with Gardner Minshew under center. I love to see DeAndre Hopkins putting up some psycho performance. 11 targets, 140 yards. He's in his 30s. This is what psychotic strength and conditioning programs can do for you. So bravo to DeAndre Hopkins. He wants to be a professional. He is a professional. This is what you were hoping for, right? This is why we were so far ahead of consensus on DeAndre Hopkins this offseason. Most of you have him on your fantasy teams because of it. Billy was just incensed at at his ADP all summer. And I was like, hey, he's like, I don't get it. And I was like, people still think it's going to be trailing Burks. And he's like, it's the Titans. It's going to be Henry and Hopkins. That's what it is. That's what it is. Now, speaking of Henry, if you add up Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor, they gave you 11 fantasy points. Zach Moss tripled it. So Zach Moss's 33 fantasy points were triple that of Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor in the same game. That's a thing that happened. I also contend that Zach Moss is the reason why Jonathan Taylor is playing. If Zach Moss didn't come out and put up these 100-yard performances... If it were not for the Zach Moss 100-yard performances, we wouldn't have seen Jonathan Taylor. And the fact that Zach Moss then put up over 30 fantasy points, 100 yards again in Jonathan Taylor's face was amazing. But 
Zach Moss is a slug. Zach Moss is not explosive. This is why we have playerprofiler.com. He's never been explosive. He doesn't have burst, speed, nothing. He is a between-the-tackles grinder. He can catch dump-offs. That is what he's good at. In certain situations, that's going to lead to a lot of fantasy points where the moon and the stars align, everything opens up, green grass in front of you, or turf in this case. And there goes Zach Moss again, breaking away. And next week and the week after, that's going to be Jonathan Taylor. And what we're seeing from Zach Moss is why we love Zero RB. Unapologetically, after everyone has walked away from Zero RB, we were on it. And you look up and Zach Moss has 33 fantasy points. Henry and Taylor have 11. And guess who else had 11? B. John Robinson. So McCaffrey's a running back playing running back, but also a wide receiver playing running back.